The Athletic. And welcome to From the Wickerin, a podcast all about supporting Watford Football Club, brought to you by The Athletic. It's Saturday afternoon, and the background noise you hear behind me isn't the Etihad. No, no. We decided not to go, and I think most Watford fans can understand why. Uh, if you haven't seen the lovely stats that are going around, this is we've lost 14 on the trot to Manchester City with an uh, aggregate score of 53-7. to 7. Fingers crossed, uh, absence means that uh, it won't be a, a, a drubbing and hey you never know some points might be coming Watford's way um, Mike as you were hearing this podcast is in Prague uh, he's gone to see uh, his favourite Swedish rock band Ghost uh, for the third time in a week yes I kid you not uh, but we do have someone on the inside as you heard on Thursday's podcast DCW uh, has gone with his friend his newly found footballing friend who bought him tickets for the Manchester City end so we'll see how the, they get Get on. I'm at a beer festival with the good old brigadier, Colin Mace. Good afternoon. <laughs> Are we on our first little pint of the afternoon? I'm cheers. A, yeah, cheers. Uh, I'm on a pint of Rebellion, <laughs> which is pale and crispy and 4.3. <laughs> but we will see how many of these we will need, depending on what happens this afternoon. Colin, you look at that, that team, it's not quite kicked off yet. Several changes in Gakia for Kiko, uh, Cleverly for Kuchka, uh, King on for uh, Jao Pedro. And you didn't look in the slightest bit chirpy or all good about that. Is that because of them or is that because we're playing Manchester City? Well, it's a bit of both, I suppose. I just, <clears throat> the thing that I find quite difficult is this, uh, is our midfield I know I've, I've spoken quite a bit about it mm. over the season and it seems that uh, I was just uh, saying to you John uh, when I arrived at your house that we we seem to be playing we seem to have a number of kids that play up front uh, remembering that Dennis and Sarah are both 24 and then Pedro and Cucho are uh, sort of 21 and then our midfield is just a bit like the Derby and Jones club at times <laughs> with Sissoko, Kutsko and Cleverly and and yet we don't seem to have any alternative but for playing, apart from Loser, obviously, uh, who, who I think has really improved massively, particularly since he came back from the AFCON. When he, had, he had a pretty good AFCON. He was one of their better players and he played in a more advanced position. So it's good to see him improving and I think he'll, I'm sure he'll stay and I think he'll, he'll continue to improve next season, depending which division we're in. John. Depending, <laughs> depending. <laughs> Do me a favour. Yeah. What, what is it we figured out earlier on? How many games we have to win out of our last? Six out of seven, I think. Okay. That would get us to 40 points. I mean, we probably don't need 40 points. We probably only need to win four, but we're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to. Um, I'm surprised that, um, in a way, that why is Cathcart not playing? That, that I find a bit strange. But also, I noticed that Nkulu is on the bench. And when he played his two and a half games for us before he got injured, he did look really like a proper central defender. There's not a great deal to say, let's hope it's not more than four. <laughs> well, we'll see. I think that centre-back pairing, though, is their pairing, and they have been, he has been consistent with that. Yeah. He hasn't changed that for a while, Samir and, and Cabaselli. But you're right, Nkulu, I think Nkulu basically came back from injury at the wrong time with Roy and his sort of yeah. trying to settle a team to be, to be the right thing. But he's there now, and like you say, 
yeah, what's going to happen? Like, oh, we're, th- we're three nil down after 15 minutes, and you get a, another centre <laughs> centre back on. Why? Ah, oh, because we need to not have 15 goals against us. Exactly. But I also think what's uh, back to this midfield thing is, you know, we have got some quite. We, we do have at the club currently on loan some quite good younger midfielders who have got a bit more energy and can, can last the 90 minutes. We know that Cleverly can only play for 65, 70 minutes at most. He always gets uh, taken off after that. Kutzka's a, a bit the same. You know, he, he runs out of steam. He's, he's got a, it's, a, it's a big old truck that he's moving around the pitch, <laughs> isn't it? It takes a lot of energy. I, I, I'm sad that, that we haven't, we didn't, or maybe couldn't bring back Tom Deli Bashiru in January because I think that his energy and dynamism just might have been an option for us because we've seemed it's been so easy for teams to get through us and onto our back line and it's fine to criticise the defence for constantly conceding goals but also you know good teams don't put their, def- their own defences under that much pressure because they protect them and we haven't been able to do that teams have been able to pass through us at will you know, with ease, and and this this great lauded threat that we carry up front, really hasn't come to pass. We're lucky if you know if we score two goals a game. Normally we get one, maybe we get two, but we're not we're not banging in goals and no. losing games five four. No. You know, we're losing games two one, we're losing games one nil or three nil. You know, we're not so. It's, it, that for me, it, it's been it's a shame that we don't have any other options, any other. Uh, more competition in those central areas because it's not been really been working. No, well, let's see if it can work even the slightest away at the Etihad. Is it, you know, going up there, I went up, I, I was almost zoomed up there, I think, that first season uh, under Kike when we, oh god, god, what was the score? It wasn't, it wasn't, it was 2 0, I think. 2 0. It was nil all at half time, it was nil all at half time, and then uh, we were playing a 4 6 formation, <laughs> yeah. which is rarely seen. <laughs> Deeney didn't look that happy about it, I seem no. to remember, because he was playing out wide on the Right, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then about a minute after the start of the second half, uh, Sterling got in and scored. That's right. And then I think they got a second, but I think it was only two 0 Only, if only that will be today's score. But that that thing of wanting to go there, it was the first season back in the Premier League. You know, going to a stadium like that. I mean, it was lovely, sunny. It was sunny today, but you know, sunny beginning of the season to go up there. This is slightly different of where we're currently at the position, the position we're in in the league. But have you found over the last six years, those five we had in the, in the Premier League and this one that we've got now, do you feel a little bit like going to these big stadiums with these big clubs is as much fun? There's, there's, is there any fun for you at all? The major issue for a football fan, well, or for me anyway, certainly, is that you want your team to be in, a, in matches in which they are able to compete. And, and OK, we got a creditable nil-nil draw at Old Trafford. It's our first of only four points mm. in our history ever captured yeah. up there. And we played a lot there, obviously, you know, seven times in the last, six times in the last seven seasons. So we, it's not like we've only played there once or twice. We played there a lot under Taylor. And, um, and so to get that point was, you know, but we couldn't back it up with a home win. So, so going to those, going to watch Watford play against Liverpool and Man City specifically, you, you don't really feel... That we're in the sa- we're playing the same sport as them, and so that can be a bit dispiriting. Costs a lot of money, you know. We, we, it, it, the coach obviously is is very good uh, value, but if you get the train or drive, and then or if you stay over or whatever the tickets, it's, if there's a family going, it's a lot of money, and, and you're gonna you're gonna pick games. You think, oh, I might go to Southampton because I think we might have a better chance of competing against a team like that, or going to a Palace because you haven't got to travel so far. So, so to answer your question, I think the 
the, the glamour of simply going to that ground does slowly diminish as you get thumped year after year, 53-7. <laughs> I'm amazed we score seven against them, don't we? But, um, but uh, yeah, so I think, I think that's, that's true. I think there's, I feel quite disillusioned, not just about our club, because actually I don't feel disillusioned about our club, and I know there's a lot of noise at the moment about what the board are doing and what Gino says and Scott and all these meetings and all this. I really, I honestly don't. I couldn't care less. I'm like Don Fraser. As long as there's a club there for me to support, then that that's all I, I want. I don't want to know how the club is run. I've never run a multi-million-pound business. I don't understand amortisation, so I don't really want to know about it. Or I don't care what their plans are. Buy good players, get rid of the bad ones, win some football matches. That's all it is for a fan. You just want to win. You want to compete. You want to go to the game thinking we can win this. Or mm, I hope we can get a point. At worst, I hope we can get a point. Not I hope we only lose four nil. Because in the end, it just it just wears you down. And, and so my disillusionment is not so much with Watford. I feel we're in the wrong league. Uh, I'm sure Burnley fans and Norwich fans are also very frustrated. But my my slight um, disillusionment is the way that the Premier League is so wealthy, and the the, the, the 16 clubs that uh, don't include Burnley, Norwich, Watford and Brentford are owned by such incredibly wealthy people and there's so much money in the Premier League which attracts those owners and we're just about to see it again at Chelsea one, one multi-billionaire is about to be swapped for a consortium of billionaires it means that clubs like us can't really we can't find a way in so I think next season the three teams that come up Fulham say that lot up the road, <laughs> uh, the terrible cherries. What an awful day that's going to be. Um, they'll be in a league of four with Brentford. That's Because look, in recent times, Sheffield United come up, have a great season, they go down. Villa have nearly gone down. Now they've got, they've got money invested in the club. They've got uh, Steven Gerrard. They look like they're going to stabilise themselves. But in the past, you've had Swansea in there for a few seasons with great managers. Everyone saying, oh, Swansea, great. What a br-. And they get relegated. Stoke, you know, a stalwart of the Premier League, gone. Not coming back for years. Derby, Forest, all these clubs. West Bromwich Albion, if they come up, a much bigger club than Watford. Have, have they got the resources to compete in that league? No. So that's why... In the end, it becomes, it's like a full stream getting into the Premier League if you're Watford or Burnley or Norwich because even if you can stay there for one season, the chances of having the amount of investment needed to continue to compete against teams that are owned by people that can, like Newcastle now, then go out in January, spend 100 million quid. 25 of it was on Chris Woods. <laughs> yeah. So that's money down the drain because he's only scored like once or twice, I think. I mean, he might turn out to be a great Newcastle number nine, but... But the other players they brought in, unfortunately, obviously, Trippier got injured, but, you know, it made the difference. Now they're ninth. You know, it's incredible that turnaround. Leeds changed, got rid of Bielsa, gets this American guy in. They've got much better, you know, they've got a really good squad. They were just not well coached. Suddenly they're safe. The only hope, uh, you know, is that Everton continue to be as bad as they have been. But, you know, it's, I find it, I can't get excited about, I can get excited about next season going to loads of grounds that I've not been to, but I'm not going to get excited about the idea that, oh, we're going to get promoted again, because mm. what does it really mean? Well, we, tomorrow is the anniversary of us getting promoted last season, and I think you're right, they, 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 I now, I think this season more than any other season I've had coming to the Premier League, that gap just just feels too much, and everyone's sort of goes on about having fun next year. I think it will be fun next year for lots of different reasons. But actually, the least fun bit might be getting promoted. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not be too cynical about all that. Colin, last time Watford beat Manchester City was 1-0 at home in 1989. Quick quiz for you. 
I'm going to give you different clues and, you, uh, and see how well you can do guessing who scored that one goal. So five points now. Who scored the goal for Watford against Man City in 1989? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I've got two choices, I reckon. I'm going to go with Paul Furlong. No, a bit too early for Paul Furlong. A bit too early. So for four points, he was a Watford grad- Academy graduate, one of Tom Wally's boys. <laughs> Don't know. The young player from back then. I'm going to pass on that one because okay. that's going to help me out. Okay, there, there were plenty in that team back then. I'm only going to make a fool of myself okay. if I make a guess there. He was Welsh. Robert Page. No, you're way too early for Robert Page. It's in 1989. <laughs> 59 tomorrow. I can't be expected <laughs> to remember these things. He had ginger hair. <laughs> Once they've left the club, I forget that they ever existed. <laughs> Um, I should know this, shouldn't I? What's his first name? Plays <laughs> <laughs> quite good. Ginger hair. I can't remember any players with not ginger hair apart from um, Nick Wright, <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> he played for Norwich. Oh, it's not going to help me, John. And <laughs> it was you and Roberts. Oh yeah, of course it was you and Roberts. <laughs> Yeah, I remember now. Not. <laughs> well, let's see how this afternoon goes. Uh, the game's about to kick off, uh, and we'll uh, well hopefully. Let's not forget that that game was played in Division Two. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't second tier of uh, English football. Uh, if you don't know, the old, I don't know the old money old system. Money, yeah. uh, and we'll see how this afternoon goes for Watford at the Etihad. Right, lads, I'm in behind enemy lines in the Etihad. Just been to a pub before the game, actually, full of City fans, and to be fair to them, they were very nice, very welcoming. Probably because we're absolutely no threat to them whatsoever. Um, but here we go. Teams are just about to come out. All I can see around me is sky blue everywhere. I've got to keep my head down, but here's hoping for a miracle. Two minutes, three minutes. Three minutes. It's going to be a long afternoon. You can see it coming a mile off. Jesus on for his hat trick. Kevin De Bruyne in acres of space for ages. Dennis, absolutely unaware of him behind him. Kamara was screaming at the touchline, I think at Lewington, for someone, anyone, to just get close to De Bruyne. But no, left him in acres of space. Brilliant cross. Easy goal. There we go. Colin, Colin, Colin. <laughs> we were in the pub, and uh, we're in the, the pub garden. <laughs> and uh, we've just given him a rather big cheer. Uh, Watford scored a goal at the Etihad. And it's 2-1. We're in this game, Colin. We're in this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a finish from Kamara. A little dinky ball over the top, then a one-two, then in he, he goes in. He's still got a lot to do, quite a wide angle. 
hits it with his left foot, just goes wide of uh, Edison, who probably should have done a bit better, I reckon, and creeps in at the far post. But you know, you take a goal at the Elia. <laughs> I mean, I just feel glad for the for the for the Orns that have gone there. They've yeah. made it. At least they've got to see a goal. Although it's, I suspect it's at it's at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we are in this game. Not <laughs> <laughs> well. You never know. Um, the penalty maybe, and something else happened, and luck, and all the rest. Of it. You know, no, who knows? The uh, interesting though, how how did DCW react to that goal? I think he, I it, think he did. He even have the bravery to get his phone out after it to record a message for us. Let's have a listen. Here we go. <laughs> Sound a bit more cheerful, mate. Come on. That distant sound you can hear is the 500 or so Watford fans cheering in disbelief because Hassan Kamara has just scored a goal. Would you believe it? 2-1 City. Come on, you horns. I think we can call that a slightly subdued DCW. Looking after his life, I think, yeah. a little bit there. But actually, to be fair, what, what I say, I remember coming out of Wembley after the FA Cup final and we got the number of City fans, I mean, fair enough, they just absolutely thrashed us, but they were... Uh, very, maybe very warm, but also very praising of us as fans and what we'd done in the FA Cup final, into the waving our flags and, and, and kept going for the whole game. But that must be quite hard because this is quite a big game for Man City for DCW. This is a bigger game for Man City than it is for us. It's a massive game for them. I mean, if they don't win, win it, which they will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I think it's quite funny. I, I can imagine him sitting, as we now know, he's in the home end, surrounded by light blue shirts. People quite, as you say, probably a little bit nervous. You never know. You can trip up. You know, they do have odd moments where they, you know, they they lose to Palace at home, or they, you know, they they get a draw in, in a game against. They shouldn't really draw. I think they drew against Burnley this season as well. So they will be a bit nervous. So I suspect he's he's sitting on his hands, and then it's like. It's so funny when you do that, and I've done it myself when you're in the away end. I went to Palace once with my, my friend who's a Palace fan, and it was a two-all draw. And it's like someone prods you with an electric prod when the goal goes in, because you go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's looking at you like, no, yeah, no, oh, dear. <laughs> but um, I don't suppose the City fans will be uh, too bothered. I once um, took a mate of mine to the Man United semi-final at uh, Villa Park, a guy called John, and I think, if I remember rightly, they scored first. I think Alan Smith scored for them. And then we scored, I can't remember who it was, was it Gale? I can't who scored in that game. Anyway, we scored to make it one all. And my friend John sort of stood up looking horrified <laughs> by the idea that, that it was one all in this, in this crucial FA Cup semi-final. Again, in a way, a bigger game for them than it was for us. And he just sort of stood there frozen because we were right at the back of the whole end. And the whole of the, the whole of the whole end was going absolutely mental. And I grabbed hold of him by both his arms and I started jigging him up and down. <laughs> and he went, he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm saving your life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see, as this game goes on, what, what happens with DCW and how he gets on. Superb strike, to be fair. Brilliant hit from just outside the box. Not a great deal you can do about that, I suppose. Some of the City players were calling for the ball to be kicked out because the Bruyne was down. They all seem to be celebrating now. 3-1. Right, half-time. Manchester City 3, Watford 1, which, to be honest, is a lot better than I thought it would be. Hell of a lot better than it was 
last time we were here. In our From the Rookery End Predictions League, of which I am second bottom, John's bottom, um, I predicted a 5-1 win for Manchester City today. So that could yet be my silver lining. The 5-1 is on the cards. Fantastic goal from Kamara. Lovely ball from Dennis. I think that could that possibly seal player of the season for Kamara if there was if there was any doubt that he hadn't quite done enough could a goal at Manchester City be the thing that gets him the nod over Dennis possibly possibly um, I think I've got away with it so far I'm just at the back of the stand now nowhere near me but during the match when I've been recording these updates I think I've got away with it I've tried to be quiet I've certainly been on better behavior than Paddy the baddie was when he was at Vicarage Road earlier in the season when Liverpool played us which is probably a good thing to be fair because I think old Paddy can probably handle himself a bit better than I could if anything kicked off but it all seems quite serene and, and, and pleasant to be fair it's not exactly Galatasaray levels of atmosphere here at the Etihad to be honest on a Saturday afternoon but 3-1 at half time not too bad let's see what happens second half From the Rookery End a podcast about life following Watford FC Still tucking into my half-time boost. Everyone's barely sat down. About 35 seconds into the second half, and City have got a penalty. I didn't even see what happened. It looked like it was a back pass. Foster was going to get there. I did hear someone say behind me earlier on that they were really looking at this game to be a big goal difference booster for Man City because they are, I think, about seven goals behind City, uh, behind Liverpool at the moment, which could be, could be crucial for them. Jesus about to take the penalty, will complete his hat-trick if he does it. Referee's having a chat to Cavaselli, I think. Come on, come on, Foster. Do it for the YouTube, do it for the vlog. What's going on here? Is it VAR? They're checking for VAR? Is there any doubt? They haven't got a clue. Nothing on the screens here at all. There's been a long pause for this penalty. And it's confirmed. I think Edison was fancying this one, actually. He looked like he was trying to get involved there. But it's Jesus. Gabriel Jesus to get his hat-trick. Good pen, sent Foster the wrong way. 4-1 City. Come on, the City, Adam Hattrick, for number nine, Gabriel Jesus! Gabriel Jesus! Four goals for Gabriel Jesus. So it is now 5-1. I think that might be just a little bit too early for me to claim any sort of victory or hope that it's going to remain 5-1 for the Predictions League. But we'll see. Come on, Watford. Bring on a defender, Roy. Shut up shop. There we go. Craig Cathcart coming on. And also, the Sar off for Pedro. Cathcart coming on just to shore up that 5-1 although I've just checked the website my one sliver of joy has been nullified because John has also predicted 5-1 City
Okay, we've come to the second pub of the Oxy Village Beer Festival. It is currently 5 1, 73 minutes gone, Colin. I'm quite happy as DCW was in the last clip where both of us have predicted 5 1 for this game. And uh, well, I might get a, a Brucey bullseye. <laughs> uh, and finally, because I'm really, our prediction league, I'm, I'm the bottom of the league. You are, yeah. I think I. I think You're Norwich. I am absolutely Norwich, who are also losing, which is um, fantastic for Watford. Uh, just so we're not going to finish bottom of the league. It, it, it's it's as as I predicted. This is what I, I thought of this game. We watched a little bit of it here. They've got it on the screens uh, in the pub. I'm not going to end the pub just in case. Uh, what are you what are you thinking though, Colin? You know it's. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, well, well, now we're in the in the pub watching it on some dodgy streamer that the pub have clearly got away with showing. I mean, what you can see under Roy is that they have played for him. They don't look like they've all given up and arguing and getting battered. They're still trying their best. They're just not good enough to compete with a team like Man City. Not many, obviously, not many teams are. But you know, when we beat Southampton away, it was quite an impressive, dynamic performance. But we just can't, we can't get any consistency. We can't repeat that when we get battered by Leeds at home. We, we lose in the last minute against Brentford. But you know, the good thing is that the players that are there are actually trying hard. They haven't given up. They're not like looking like the Man United players like they couldn't care less oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're actually still trying to score still trying to tackle still trying to press they're just, they're just you know we're just not good enough to, to compete so for that I think that's quite good for next season yeah. I know we don't want to get promoted next season John <laughs> we, want, we want to finish we want to finish top we want to finish top and then not get promoted <laughs> but, um, yeah. which can't happen obviously but, but it means that the, the players are still committed to some version of the cause so did that, that change it for you in terms of, you know, we would have to literally win every single game we're going and we do technically only have one game of great difficulty against Chelsea the last game of the season. It is the last game of the season. We are playing, we are playing every, every team we're playing from now on is above us in the league. Yeah. But there are possibilities and do you think actually always is always going to be about attitude and if we get anything from this game, it was hopefully... A, a performance that was going to help us in the long run well not even long really next month do you think they, you, that feels yeah. you, you know I know you, you, 5-1 as it currently stands feels like a, a heavy defeat which it would be but the weight of it let's say as a football fan watching it knowing there's a few games to go in the season it doesn't feel as by seeing the performance as, as terrible as it could be and destructive as it definitely felt we lost 8-0 against them against with, with Kike at that point in the season it was definitely going to be a thing where it almost ruined us that, that, that result ruined it and lost all momentum from Kike this, we're not going to lose a massive amount of momentum from this and it might be a positive I don't know if it's a positive but I, 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 I just go back to saying I think they're still they're still playing for Roy they're still trying to do what he's asked of them they're running around a lot um, they're holding their shape. I'm looking at the telly now. There's, you know, two banks of four, um, and it's like that's quite an. It's encouraging. It's like watching a Premier League team play against a Championship team, right? They're trying their best to, to hold them off, but they're finding a way to break us down. But I think in the coming weeks, the, the real problem that Roy, the thing that Roy hasn't managed to do, is work out how we're supposed to play at home. So losing to Leeds 3-0 is a much is a much a much poorer result than this one 
because that's a game where we should be able to compete with a team that's also struggling and they they beat us comfortably and obviously the Brentford result is a bit unlucky hit the post and then they go up the other end and score but you know again that's kind of sums up our season a little bit but so the idea that we're going to beat Burnley and Everton uh, we're going to go to Palace and, and beat Leicester I mean it's, it's, it's fantasy stuff really but um, what's good is we can carry this because a lot of these players will be here next season mm. we're not going to sell everybody no, like no. last time you know that hopefully most of the players will still be here and some of them will want to be here some of them won't want to be some but they will be <laughs> some will be sold yeah. because it's their time to go and that's fine I haven't got a problem with that but what hopefully there is and we'll have a new coach I would say almost guaranteed that there will be some sort of togetherness there doesn't seem to be a bad apple in this squad there's no one pulling in the opposite direction where there's no one going in the press and causing uh, problems or it, it, they look like a bunch of footballers who want to play football to the best of their ability and hopefully whoever comes in can, can keep that momentum going because actually the performance today hasn't, hasn't really been that bad nuts when you consider we're 5-1 down with 10 minutes to go and it could well be 6 or 7 Mike, Mike predicted 6-2 yeah. I'm saying he's, he's not far off I think 6-1 is probably the most likely but um, well, I think when you saw Jao Pedro come on I'm sure in Prague he's at his ice hockey game he's, he's looking at the text coming through uh, he's been, by the way, if you don't know, Mike spent the morning at a, literally the morning, at a second tier Czech Republic league, which I don't think Daniel Pudu was playing in, even though he's now retired from <laughs> English football. Um, the, he, he got to see, see that, he's at a ice hockey game now, as you've heard, and he's seen Joe Pedro come on, he's going, hey, 6-2, that's me too, and they've got another one, <laughs> I'm really good pleased for the prediction league. Mike, wow. fingers crossed, because I really need the points, um, this, this game stays as it is. 50, 70, uh, 79 minutes gone. 10 minutes to go. And I'm still alright. We're still there. We're still there. 10 minutes. Can we hold out for a ball? Can run? we hold out for 5-1? <laughs> you might just be able to hear the strains of Wonderwall playing behind me. It's full time here at the Etihad. And it went, well, exactly as I predicted it, remarkably. 5-1 to Manchester City. But before I leave you, let's have a chat with my mate Jay, who is the man responsible for bringing me to this game today. Jay, you're the Manchester City fan. First of all, what did you think of Watford? Yeah. Yeah, no, they were... I thought they were right. I thought they were... Um, actually, I thought they were pretty poor. <laughs> Patronizer. Sorry. I did, actually, at the beginning, I put my arm... When we scored our first goal, I put my arm around you, and you said, I don't want your patronising hunt. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, pretty much going to go that way, but I didn't want to admit it to you beforehand. And and to think that your next game will be against Real Madrid, it'll be like playing a different sport for Manchester City's players. But are you confident of going all the way in the Premier League and the Champions League? Uh, yeah, I actually think um, before last weekend, I actually thought that the treble wasn't really on, but I think the double, I think a double, you know, UCL and and the Premier League is likely, hopefully. Um, it will be tough. I think uh, I'm glad that he didn't... I'm glad that Pep put out a squad that maybe was holding a little bit back, I think. Although, look, looking, at, me that. looking at your face, you're like, he didn't hold anything back. Yeah, but he didn't play silver. Um, no, no, rubbish. He played an amazing team. <laughs> All of those players were world-class, pretty much, to be honest with you. So and he didn't have Walker as well. Oh, poor you. <laughs> anyway, that's enough from him. I'm off to the pub to enjoy what's left of the day. 
Wasn't too bad, to be honest with you. Hey, we didn't expect anything. We're going down, we know that. At least we scored a goal, eh? At least Hassan Kamara got his goal. Come on, you horns. Hello, this is Mike. Uh, it's Sunday morning, the morning after Watford were, unfortunately but unsurprisingly, handed their backsides yet again uh, by Manchester City. Yes, the less said about that, the better, I suspect. I wasn't there because I speak to you this morning from the, the cold but picturesque surroundings of Prague Old Town. Absolutely beautiful part of the world. I've been here uh, for the weekend, got here on Saturday, came to uh, two football matches on Saturday, saw um, Duke of Prague of the second division, they lost 1-0, uh, then saw uh, Sparta Prague in the evening, they won 3-1. Sandwiched in between, that was a little bit of ice hockey, Sparta Prague winning their playoff match 5-2. So an incredible day here in Prague yesterday, another good day lined up today, going to uh, see another football match this morning, then off to see Ghost tonight. But why am I telling you all this? Well, because basically it's me treating myself um, not only to a good time, but to a weekend away from... Watford to be perfectly honest and I did the same thing last weekend actually I missed the Brentford game I was away um, another show in Birmingham and decided not to rush back for the game um, and I have to be honest it's been quite nice not to have to worry about it it's as we all know it's been a dreadful season on the pitch it's been very very little for us to enjoy or, or cheer about with a few exceptions of course but on the pitch it's been pretty grim <laughs> which continued yesterday unfortunately and off the pitch as well, it's got a bit fractious and there's obviously been mistakes made and people have been upset. And the whole sort of Watford eco-structure, if you like, has felt a little bit hard to navigate happily over the last couple of weeks. And it just made me think, really, it's, it's always important, I think, to stop and assess why you're doing stuff. And the reason I love Watford so much, one of the primary reasons is that it's fun and it really is supposed to be fun supporting your uh, supporting your team following them up and down the country discussing it with with fellow fans and and to be perfectly honest for the past fortnight or so it hasn't been fun I don't mind admitting that it doesn't make me any less of a supporter it doesn't mean I won't be back next week it doesn't mean I won't be back for for every season um, that I am physically able but I, I just had a bit of an epiphany thinking, look, if it's not making me happy, take yourself away from it. So that's what I've done. I don't regret it in the slightest. Had an amazing weekend last weekend, had an amazing weekend this weekend. Obviously, I'm checking the score. Obviously, I want Watford to win. Obviously, I'm talking to, to friends and family about how it's going and, and what I think is, is going to happen and so on and so forth. Checking the results. You can't take that away. But I think that bottom line is that it's been good for me to take myself out of the Watford bubble for probably a fortnight now and that feels that feels healthy so yeah that's where I'm at I mean Prague I mean it's been an amazing just a little a little bit on what it's been like um, watching sport over here I have to say it's incredibly um, civilized I mean that said we got to the first game yesterday at quarter past 10 and the first thing we had was a beer and uh, that didn't really stop throughout the day but there's a real uh, you know, sport runs through these uh, cities like this and there's lots of different uh, op options and opportunities to, to see live sport. But the, the, the thing I love about it is that it, the, everything's baked into it. It's just a... Um, the culture is so welcoming and there's, there's good food and there's good drink and there's... Um, it's just it's really, really good. I just do enjoy watching football um, in, in Europe. And, of course, it's different... Watching a watching a team that's not your own. There's no jeopardy. You don't have that. Um, you don't have that overriding 
desire for them, them them to win like you do when you're watching your own team. So yeah, it's been it's been a really really great experience, and I would recommend if anyone has got a little itch to go and watch football in in Europe. Um, I've done it before, I've done it in Denmark and, and Sweden recently as well, which has been absolutely fantastic. Everyone's always very, very welcoming. It's great to see new stadia. It, interesting to see how the game's played away from England, of course. Interesting to see sort of the, the setup with all the, the amazing food that's on offer is, what, is one of the things that's really struck me. But yeah, it's, um, it's something that I, I highly recommend. Anyway, that's me. That's my waffling on for far too much. It's, uh, I've got a game to get to. Um, this is Mike from Prague checking out. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a very zen Mike Parkin. Uh, thank you so much to Mike. Thank you much to DCW for going behind enemy lines. And didn't seem that bad, really. But I suppose that when the home team go ahead uh, within three minutes, I don't think he's literally going to be in a, that much of a horrendous place to hang out, especially at 5 1, even. Oh, gosh. Uh, thank you much, Colin, uh, and, uh, and thank you much to the, uh, the Beer Festival of, of Oxy, because uh, we had a wonderful time. But will wonderful times continue for Watford, or maybe even start uh, for Watford this season? We uh, have, of course, two games coming up, which are pretty, pretty important. Yes, we've sort of joked with Adam about, I'll oh, give it up, Adam, we're going down. And it, it feels like that's what is really going to happen. But Burnley next weekend, Crystal Palace and Everton. Three games which will really help us know is if we're going to stay up or if we're going to go down. It does feel like we're going to go down, but hey, let's see what happens. We're back, of course, on Thursday with another podcast. Uh, Mr. Adam Leventhal here with the ins and outs. He was at the Etihad. See what uh, Roy had to say after the game. And of course, if you want to read Adam's writings, as well as the entire team at The Athletic, and you can do it with a special discount as a From the Rookery End listener, go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end, where you can get a special price for a subscription. If you haven't done it, I think you can sign up for seven days. Give it a try. See how it feels. Uh, but if, if you go to that URL, we look even better. Thank you. Five games to go. Let's see how the rest of the season plays out as fans of Watford Football Club. Come on, you on! The Athletic.